Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Transformation with Tara Sutphin. Tara Sutphin is the author of Blame It on Your Past Lives and Soul Agreements, three audio CD series, metaphysical meditations, sourcing series, and sleep programming. Tara has also collaborated with Emmy Award-winning Shane Stanley and Marla Maples on numerous DVDs. Tara Sutphin is a master in the psychic sciences. If you'd like to find out more about Tara's work, upcoming seminars, and meditations to help you fulfill your dreams, visit her website at tarasutphin.com. Welcome to Transformations with Tara. My guest today is Andrew Brewer. He is the rock and roll psychic. He's a clairvoyant and astrologer. And he's listed in over two dozen publications as one of the top 100 psychics in the world. And we've been friends for years, and it's great. Hey, welcome, Andrew. Tara, it's always good to hang with you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, I know. I miss you. And I thought, you know, I haven't talked to him in a while. It was pre before I went to New Zealand and Australia, so I thought we'd catch up. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like hanging out with you. So it's always a good time. And I sort of got you started on this. So I feel responsible. You're so. responsible. You're <laughs> responsible. You should feel responsible. I did a good yeah. deed. You did, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I winged it, uh, you know, cause I was, uh, very shy and, um, didn't like to be, well, it was the, the radio was like the worst thing for me, actually. Uh, I didn't think that I could carry it just because I, I have so much to say and so much to, uh, knowledge, but I just, you know, I don't necessarily push it off on people. I think that's my, the number one thing that I do. Well, then again, I've done an extra good deed by getting you, putting the idea in your head because you do great at it. I mean, you've been on television, you've done all this stuff. I mean, you have an energy for it. So I saw that energy and I thought, you know, hey, this is what you should be doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and then I've been here now on CTR now for Contact Talk Radio for eight years. And yeah, yeah, you pushed me out like, a, like a, I was a little fledgling. Bye. No, you that's fantastic. Well, yeah. you can do it. I mean, that's, again, that's the beauty of it because, you know, I mean, when people have energy, sometimes it's, you know, a little nudge is a positive thing and you responded to that. You excelled at it. You allowed your energy to merge with it. I mean, I think there is a very strong communication kind of vibe that you have. And so this seemed like a reasonable platform to do it, you know, and, uh, you know, as an adjunct to the other things you were doing, you know, writing books and, you know, doing the classes. So I thought, you know, hey, this is right down your alley. And, it was. Uh, it was. And so. I was so glad. 
And and that um, I know that you were on Blog Talk for so many years. I don't think that um, I would have, you know, went ahead and and uh, went out into the world if I didn't have Cameron holding my hand. <laughs> so if anybody wants to be a radio host, Cameron Steele is he is so great as far as holding everybody's hand as they get out there and you know talk in the world. Yeah, you know, initially we used to do it. We would have to actually go into the studios, right? I mean, when I first started doing it, there wasn't an internet. And so you would go sit down in those big chairs and have the big headsets on and feel like you were a rock star because you're in an actual rock and roll station and people are calling in. And, the, you know, you think, wow, this is, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, Cameron has a studio, and so whenever I've been in Seattle, I always go into the studio to do my radio show. It's been fun. We've had a, just a blast. So, um, yeah, but, yeah, now you get to do it from your home. It's it's really wonderful. Uh, you still have to have a little bit of professional equipment, but other than that, you know, it's, like, ready to go. I, so what's... I, hmm? So what's happening in your world since we talked, since you got back from New Zealand and Australia? I don't think I really talked to you very much. No, I don't think we have. I have just been doing so many classes. I was, uh, I, I've been developing, um, Vortex in Los Angeles. It's a, um, kind of a meeting, a meeting place in Moore Park. And then, uh, I've been in Mystic Journey as well, which is, one of the true hotspots in Los Angeles. It's on Abbott Kenny in Venice. It, it's uh, probably Abbott Kenny's the most, you know, co the coolest street of Los Angeles right now. And um, so I've been uh, there too. And, um, you know, hang out with all uh, oh, those amazing people from Mystic Journey. Oh, they're, they're wonderful as well. And um, so I, I've been doing a lot of work, local work, as well as um, I fly next week, I'm off again. Um, yeah, with somebody, so it's fun. Yeah, I, I'm having I'm having good. It's all good. Yeah, I did a class last night that I think is really kind of an important thing for me to do, and it was on intuition and codependency. Huh? And you yeah, know, so that? Yeah. well. I, so you mean so so much of my client base over the years have been women. You know, I, I joke that, you know, 95% of my clients are women, and that's probably an understatement, and it probably is an understatement. It's probably a higher percentage. <laughs> but but what, what I found when I became a psychic, it never really dawned on me that sexual abuse was such an issue. And, you know, it never really was part of my vocabulary. But it's such a big deal and it is such a debilitating thing. And so you look at the ways in which people respond to each other and, and, and codependent types of relationships are basically an outgrowth of not fully being able to accept yourself. It's like you're looking for love and your cup is a hole in it and you're always asking people to fill the cup and it just gets harder and harder. So, so what I've tried to do is look at ways in which we can use our intuition and as, as, as a starting point to really look at where that idea that there was a hole in the cup comes from. You know, there had to be something at some point in the child's development where he or she, I mean, it happens more often with women, but it happens with men too, where they first 
were sort of programmed to believe that they didn't have enough. I know a lot of your career is really about helping people to believe that they have enough. And a big part of my career is really helping people to understand why they don't think they do. So, so I did this class last night and I think it's a, it's a very powerful integration for all of us. You know, when we begin to look at how we trust ourselves, intuition is really in a lot of respects about trusting yourself. And relationships are about trusting yourself and believing it's it's worthwhile for you to be in a partnership or that you can uh, be seen and not be judged critically. So they all kind of merge and go together, I think. And, and I think, you know, we should begin to really look at as psychics and intuitives and whatever we are, how we more and more can be proactive in helping people to find some sense of um, – truth in their in their development that they can can find that seed because really that's what it comes down to there's a seed point in which the the uh the dysfunction is kind of planted uh, if you want to look at it that way and then it's watered by the person that that planted it and 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 what it always comes down to is that there's a functional reason why that person might be a parent it might be someone else most typically it's a parent why they wanted to control the child, there had to be some benefit in it. And so you have to kind of unravel that. And you can use, there's a lot, you can be Sherlock Holmes, you can be Sigmund Freud, you can be Nostradamus, you can be whatever. But but you can begin to approach that that history and find ways to examine it as objectively as possible. So that you can make choices going forward because you, what we're really trying to do then is change the way that people see themselves by, by bringing a new set of eyeballs into the equation. And, um, so I just did that last night and you know, I do, you know, like the ones I do now primarily are again, like <clears throat> my radio show guest spot with you. I, you know, sitting in the house and I just do it on the phone and I don't think it's as, as powerful in a class setting to do it that way as it would be one-on-one, you know, or in like, you know, when you're actually in a store, but, um, you know, it, it works. And I think it's, it's important to, to do that because, you know, the other thing, and then I'll shut up about this is that intuition is really about trust. And, and so everybody is intuitive, but most people don't trust themselves enough to pay attention to it. And they have all these competing voices telling them why that can't be or why they're not good enough to be or whatever. And those competing voices are noise in the system. And that, that noise in the system is, is what distorts their ability to really get meaningful information. You add the other element that people are emotional about themselves, you know, again, why is it hard to read for yourself because you're emotionally invested? You add that additional layer of emotion that makes it harder and harder for people to relax and harder and harder for them to find neutrality and being relaxed and being neutral are the bedrock foundations for people who are professional psychics in order to do the work. So, so there are ways of, of helping people to get realigned, I think, uh, and to change their emotional uh, stimulus response system to the way they look at their childhood. So, so that's how I spent last night. So. Right. Well, I like to do some of that work where you clean it up, you know, you sweep it up and you clean it up because everybody's shadow side is so huge. You know, everybody has a huge shadow side. Um, 
otherwise, you know, we wouldn't be on the earth, I think, experiencing such light and such dark. I mean, it's just that, you know, you can work towards light over the dark. And for me, yeah, I, I, we look at some of that stuff, you know, like uh, in past lives and in past, in the past, but then I want you to start to let go of them because it's a, it's all this limited belief that we allow ourselves to be held back, you know, and uh, what other people said, well, give yourself permission to go past what your parents made as, as far as money and uh, how they believed. And, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage actually just to, to, to uh, give yourself permission to go past some of these things. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of landmines in that field from from where you are to where you want to be, and and so it it takes. I mean, people are familiar with what they're familiar with, right? And so there is a safety in what you know, and, and so sometimes it's more frightening to deal with possibility than to accept the limitation. And so there there are lots of different ways in which you can can help people navigate through that space. So, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was more about predictions and this is what's going to happen. But now I, I, you know, it doesn't seem as important to me. It seems more that it's about, it's about a spiritual evolution. And that spiritual evolution is always about restriction and the ways in which you change yourself to adapt to that restriction. And, um, and normally, you know, I mean, you and I both have such a big part of our careers related to reincarnation and past lives for all these years. And I think that that is sort of a foundation piece. But that foundation piece is triggered by some replica within the current life. And that's 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 the typical starting point, I think, in order to to get it because if you if you got a weed you got to know which weed is the one that's causing a problem and so it may it may take a while to figure out which one's really you you know tearing up the corn stalk and so that's that's another part of it and and so as intuitives you know you tend to be more like it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun. Too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. These are focused, and well, here's the part of the garden where we need to be looking, you know. Again, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I think what happens too is that a lot of people need to learn to self-soothe, and that's why I uh, love to talk meditation and hypnosis to people because it's about soothing our soul and soothing the nerves and 
you know, there's no anxiousness or frustration when you're meditating and, uh, you know, beginning a solve in your mind. So that way you can speak it and you can live it. Because uh, resolution is everything. Yeah. And to yeah. step forward into this resolution. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think anything that you do that you enjoy and you really are not thinking about the electric bill or what happened to you when you were seven, I think that that's a form of meditation. And so, you know, walking meditation, you know, whatever that is, gardening, mm-hmm. something you enjoy, if you're really focused and you're really in it, to me, you're in a form of meditation because you're in a communion with something. And and the primary benefit to that is that you are not allowing all these competing voices to sort of bang against your head you're in a more serene space. You know, again, as a psychic, when you're looking at trying to help people develop and increase their their capabilities uh, as a psychic in, in whatever way in which they want to do that, it almost always comes down to ways in which they can focus, and that comes down to relaxation, concentration, meditation. They're all, you know, they're all entry points, and you just sort of allow it. You sort of, again, you clear the weeds out of the garden and you allow the flowers to grow and then poof, you got a, you got a really beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then where do you go from what, how do you use your psychic ability? Talk about how you would suggest that people use their psychic ability once they, once they clear and, um, allow that, that, uh, modalities to actually start working for you instead of against you. Well, to me, the most important thing is to get in touch with what you really want as opposed to what other people have suggested you should want. So I think that the most critical piece of anyone's life is to be truthful with who they are, which is not so easy to do, right? Because, again, we're conditioned, especially people that have any kind of uh, family histories that are complicated, which is probably everybody, but knowing what you want. And I've told, you know, use this analogy a bazillion times, but I use it again. If you know, like, if you're in love and your boyfriend or your girlfriend is across town and it's raining or snowing and you really want to see him, you get in the car, you don't care. But if it's somebody you're not so enamored with, you go, oh, I'd love to, but, you know, it looks like it might rain. So it's about motivation. Most people come to psychics when you really get down to it because they are attempting to do something that they're really not fully invested in. And so if you really want it, well, yeah, there's short-term you know, hiccups along the way, but it's just a short-term hiccup. You're going to keep going. You're going to keep going. If you're not so sure and you're trying to please other people, then you tend to have you know, disasters. And those disasters are really the universe speaking to you saying, hey, is this really what you want to do? Is this really what you're about? What, what's, what's driving your train? So, so my answer to that question, then, Tara, is that you know, for most people, the, I think the most important thing is to learn to trust your instincts and what you want. And to, uh, and that's going to work especially well in relationships, harmonics with relationship. Uh, and don't, doesn't have to be romantic relationships. I mean, these are neighbors, you know, business associates, you know, people on your baseball team. It doesn't matter. Um, most people are trying to sell a version of themselves. It's not who they are. I mean, again, I think that's human nature. You know, I always say I don't really look at people. I look at the energy around the people. And I try to avoid what they're trying to sell me, and I try to look at what what kind of energy I feel, you know, once I subtract that. And I think those are also 
uh, modes of adaptation that people can get into, uh, you know, for themselves, where their intuition is enhancing their way of discerning kind of who's Zoom and who's straight from jump. And, and those are things that people, all of us can develop and all of us can get better at. And uh, there's no 98% accurate psychic. We all, you know, it, no one can fully, you know, get out of their own way, but you can get better and better and better at that. And and those are things I think are, are, are doable for anyone with just a little practice and a little motivation. And I think that's, uh, you know, uh, a worthwhile thing to do. You know, I really do think it is. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, I use my psychic ability every day, but it's, it's for things that I feel that are practical. Like if I should do, you know, make this business decision, you know, where will it go? Like, you know, where's the vision of that? And, you know, that, that sort of thing. And plus I do it, you know, as of course see for others a lot, lot, I do a lot of seeing for business people and, and, um, you know, up for personal relationships as well. And for people with health issues, but, um, yeah. And then try to help them create solves because I really think it's it's creating solutions to problems. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're basically, when you think about it, strategic planners. Mm-hmm. And, and so maybe the way in which we look at what the problem is, we might have a different approach to that. But, I mean, basically at the end of the conversation, it's about identifying the problems – coming up with workable solutions and, and looking at and the prediction of the future is basically a formula this solution is in an alignment with the motivation and the talents of the particular person that might have to implement the solution that's how you make a prediction okay this is what you say you want to do my job is to figure out if, if a if you're telling me the truth which means are you telling yourself the truth B, is in an alignment with what you really want to do. And, and just by answering those two questions, you have a 80%, you know, you're 80% there as to what's going to happen next. Um, and so, you, you again, you can utilize just natural things within yourself to get better and better at that. And, and one of the things that happens a lot with people that are naturally psychic I mean, off the chain psychic is that they always go left when they should go right. But initially they thought I should go right. But because they don't trust themselves, don't believe in themselves and were taught that your intuition can't be true. They do the opposite. They start to overthink it and then they go the other direction. So if you see someone that constantly does the wrong thing, they're probably just as psychic as somebody that constantly does the right thing, uh, you know, or the, the most beneficial thing. Because in some sense, they are replicating a mindset that says that they don't deserve to, to make the right choice, right? Uh, they are in a pattern. You know, pattern is a pattern until it's a lesson. But if they haven't learned the lesson yet, they've got to keep repeating the pattern. And so that's, that's part of their, part of their learning journey. And, and maybe people are over the lesson part of it. I mean, over the, pattern part of it and want to skip ahead of the lesson a lot of that is against trusting yourself you know well i used my psychic ability yesterday i i decided to wait for somebody to you know pull out in front of them and then uh they proceeded to rear in somebody else in front you know in front of me (laughs) the two cars in front of me had an accident so i but hunter was with me and he said wow mom you called that 
You said, oh, I'm not going to go out in front of this one. And, you know, I had plenty of time, but I thought, well, there's just something off. It's an energy recognition, right? It's yeah, an it's energy, an energy rec- recognition. Yeah, because I, th- I was feeling the chaotic energy. And it's, you know, it was just like, why would it happen on this street? The street's pretty wide. And, you know, like, why would people not be, you know, conscious? But, and it was a brand new car. It was like, oh, God. So knowing you as well as I do, and just kind of knowing the process as a generic, what I'm suspecting is going on here with you, because you're good at this, is that you are instantaneously making a value judgment as to the state of mind of that particular person in the car. What's going on with them? Are they in alignment with the, the events, or are they out of alignment? If they're not totally in harmony with what you see, then we got to say, there might be a problem. I mean, that's, so that's, that's, you know, a big part of it. You know, you can sense when things don't seem to be, you know, copacetic and, and then you say, okay, maybe I need to get a little distance from this and, and allow it to, to, you know, play out in front of me so I can see what's going on. I mean, well, I do you know, teach I, that. I teach that, that you have the inner knowing, you know, when to take a step forward, you know, when to take a step back or, you know, when to stay still. And it's a patience level, you know, like every once in a while, you know, how you, you go, you veered off on, on some tangent, you know, like took a turn and it's like, why did I do that? And I just always figure it's for a reason, like stop second guessing things. You know, it doesn't matter. You're two minutes, three minutes, five minutes difference. Just relax, go with the flow. And don't you find for you that by doing that, by being in a state of harmony with that, that even though you may be five minutes late one time, you save yourself the anxiety of being four hours late because you're in a car wreck more often. So, I mean, it oh, all absolutely. works out. It all works so, out. Well, plus I'm, I'm very conscious of other people being in their, you know, personal bubble. And I don't take it very personally what people are doing on the road. And so, therefore, I, you know, I'm not a knock on wood, but, you know, I don't have, you know, any mishaps with people I'm traveling and stuff. Because I do believe in a flow of the universe and flow of life. So so let's talk about that. So when you look at things as being in flow and what I would say, you know, being in harmony, what what do, how do you how do you recognize that? Well, the, you stop having a lot, any problems, you know, and, and and there are people and things that want your attention to create problems, but I mean, where does it get you? Nothing in the scheme of, you know, life. We're here to live life to its fullest beauty, not to have dissension every five seconds. So if you have dissension a lot, it's a, those are always road signs, I think, to go to into another phase or, or turn away. Yeah, what I call that sometimes when I'm doing a reading or talking to people, I call it it has jagged energy, and it's and it's that same kind of thing. Is that the energy is not? It's like the, the road's bumpy, and you you can smell that. You can you can sense that there is a jagged quality to it. So for for example, if someone's asking about a particular job change, and I say, well, it has a kind of a jagged, fuzzy kind of energy. What that normally is going to say is that there's a misalignment between the intention of the individual and, and the energy patterns. And I mean, I don't mean to sound so new agey and hokey here, but, but it's the way it is, you know, the energy pattern of that particular landing spot. 
So one of two things has to happen. They have to really say, okay, the landing spot is not in harmony with me. I need to be in harmony with myself and move on. Or I need to reexamine what's what this landing spot, what this job, you know, the responsibilities or the location, whatever. What about it's tripping me out and making me nervous so that my relationship to it is causing the jagged energy? It's it's one or the other. And so then you that gives you, again, a starting point to try to dialogue to figure out how to make this work, you know. Is it is it not in alignment? Okay, well that's all right. What is? Or if it could be, what can we do to enhance the probability that this is a harmonious, happy, you know, marriage here? Well, let's look at that. And so, so those are the kinds of things you, you can do. And and it goes back. I mean, I I stole some of the stuff from you from a thousand years ago. I mean, a okay. thousand years ago. But you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, back, probably a thousand years ago too in well, the history. Yeah, space. probably that's probably yeah. true. So you know, unconsciously <laughs> telling the truth. Uh, but, um, you know, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's a relationship with the self. You, the, one of the things I've always admired about you is I always felt that you were very much in harmony with yourself, which to me is not the norm. And so because of that, you are less likely, as, as I think of you, less likely to create chaos as a motivator to learn something where other people may Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Need chaos as as a, you know as a tool. As an impetus. Huh, yeah. So I think you know, like when I was young, I was a psychic, off the chain prodigy, make the salt shaker slide across the table. I was that, but I was also kind of a hot mess, and so the hot mess part of me was as much a problem for me as the psychic wonder boy was an advantage to me. So I'm no more psychic at 62 than I was at 24, but I'm a lot less, a lot less messy. And so what's happened is that I've had to change the ways that I approach my life, right? Again, choices. Mm-hmm. I've changed the way that I approach my life and tried to surround myself, and it's based on intention, surround myself with energy that's supportive of what a, what a highly functional, relatively sane person who works as a professional psychic, what would their life look like to give them a chance to actually be good at it? So I've tried to create the conditions within myself that are harmonized with that. Where before, what can I do to cause the most chaos so that I learn something in a hurry? Well, maybe I didn't need to learn that. Not that way. So again, you you know, if you knew stuff when you were 24, well, life would be simpler. But, but that's what happens. And the thing that I've always, uh, and this is a long-winded way of trying to give you a compliment, which is that the thing I've always felt about you is that, and I'm sure at some point you had a little of this, but you don't seem to me to really have that. You know, you don't have that kind of hot mess thing to me. And, and so, the, there well, have to be. You. There has to be, a, you know, a mechanism 
within you that harmonizes with not being a hot mess as well as a conscious uh, thought that drives that, right? So, uh, again, those are, those are both a reflection of essence as well as um, – a way of validating intention. They seem to be in harmony. And again, that's why I've always, always said such positive things about you because I meant them because I always saw them. And Well, uh, I believe that you take the high road or the low road. And, and the, you know, not that there hasn't been people try to trip me up in that capacity, but I just, I just don't fall for it. I feel it's a, a waste of time and it's immature and really you want to own you know a chaotic you know a chaotic horrible time that's your business it's not really mine i can help people through that kind of stuff because they'll get kind of land themselves to where as you know they're in complete confusion and chaos with some you know people or with themselves or with their jobs uh that sort of stuff or with their money um, or health, health too. Um, I can help them kind of uh, see ways out. But that's my job. I, I really feel it's my job not to get so um, mired into what, whatever this earth life is. You know, I believe that love is the answer to everything. And, and, and not to be airy fairy, because I don't, I don't think that the earth is really, you know, we do have that shadow side and the dark side. So it, everything is not sweet and soft and fluffy. It's not. But I, I can, I can uh, try my best to stay on that sweet, you know, loving, fluffy side. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I agree with that. I agree with everything you said. And, and I see it. I see it in you. And I've, you know, I've, I've. I've, you know, I know instances in which you've had chances to, to not be sweet. And, and I know what happened, you know, in a lot of those cases. So again, those are choices. And so everything is about reaction. Reaction is a reflection of essence and essence is going to be impacted by your history. So, I mean, there's different variables that go into it, but in a bottom line, it's this, if you, if you Stop the way – I mean to me this is spiritual evolution. This is karma in action. If you stop the way that you have this automatic response system and you sort of take a deep breath and go, really, what is the best way to approach this? Not the what I feel in the moment, but what's the big long-term – what's in it for the highest good for all involved? There's a state of harmony that happens with people that can make that distinction and that can take that deep breath and make that choice. And so you have to do things in order to get to that space. But once you're there, you also, it's just like as, you know, as a bodybuilder, I mean, you, you know, I can get, you know, all, you know, buffed out, but I have to keep doing it, right? So those are choices. And so, Again, by by changing the way that we respond in the moment, we've changed our life. And if you can help someone to change the way that they see the situation, you have given them the tools to create an entirely different world. And within a short period of time, they will have the foundation for an entirely different world. And one of the things that you've always done, and I certainly try to do it too, is to help people – change that initial 
reaction so that they can see things as possibilities and not as inevitabilities. You know, again, I hope that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right, right. The possibility of life, the opportunities that are there before them. No, I agree. No, I, I love that. No, and I always think that you're a very clear channel and psychic. Um, and that's why we get along so well, too, because there's a whole little world that we're kind of opened up to. Yeah, well, I won't go down that path. But, you know, I mean, the thing is that, um, again, everything's a choice. And, and so and, – and when you look at being a psychic as a profession – you know, there are a lot of challenges that go with being a psychic that have nothing to do with the actual work, right? And there are yeah. challenges that go with the work itself. So one of the keys is to be able to sort out which bucket the challenges really go into because that gives you an opportunity to really address them in ways that, that, are, that make the most sense, right? So, so I had to get into – I developed a certain – I mean you and I are pretty confident creatures, and and so we have a certain kind of energy that comes with that, and that can't be faked, right? So so in having that, that self-confidence and having that belief in yourself, that buys me a lot of, of, of rope so I don't hang myself quite as quickly. Uh, those are choices. And so, again, I've created things and you've created things and, and a lot of our friends have created things too that give them the tools to be able to deal with the external things that might just come with the territory. As the other side of the coin, then there are things that we need to do to be in a state where we are most receptive at that particular point in time so we can fully give our attention to the person we're talking to to try to do the best possible you know thing we can do for them and those so there is what can we do to create a life so that we're not you know kind of out of whack because of maybe somebody's response to what our job title is and then there's also what do we do within our personal space so that we can be the most creative the most loving the most non-judgmental the most insightful at that particular point of contact, like for me, you know, I know I have an appointment at seven o'clock. It's like I reserve space in the universe. I go, okay, at this particular point, it's on. I need to, you know, it's like I make a date with, with whatever, you know, with the calendar God. And, and so at that particular point, I know that I bring all my focus and I create, you know, that's just the way it is. And so I know it's like instantaneous, but the instantaneous is is instantaneous now because I spent 40 years trying to get to the point where it can be instantaneous. And I just kept refining the technique and refining my approach to it and, and refining the way in which I made choices about my life and who I am and who I associate with, too. You know, I, I had a lot of dramatic, you know, chaotic friends and i found that dramatic chaotic friends were entertaining uh but they were not helpful to me and so i had to you know figure out how my entertainment dollar was spent there and made certain kinds of choices so um all those things are things that again getting back to kind of our theme what can people do to make themselves more psychic and have something that's useful to them it's about being is believing in yourself that your choice Whatever you've chosen to be in the world 
that you are you have a core belief in yourself and a core belief in your right to be that and a core belief in the beauty of that choice and that whatever you're doing, if you're an artist, if you're a dentist or whatever you are, it doesn't matter. If you believe in the in the power of that and while you're doing it, you're doing your best thing, then you're 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 gold, man. I mean that so that's so your intuition can help you on anything you do. You know, I was a corporate executive. I had no training as corporate executive, and I was really good at it. And the reason I was really good at it was based on really three variables. One, I stayed calm while I was figuring out what I was doing, which bought me a lot of time. Two, I was good at recognizing patterns. And three, I was nice to people, and they they helped me. So, I mean, just those things, you know, helped me quite dramatically – in my career as, a, as an IT analyst, and those were things that had nothing to do with being an IT analyst, but they were the most critical pieces of what made me successful, you know, and um, those are the things that people can do. I mean, they can do for themselves, for sure. And you're right. And do you ever think of becoming an IT analyst or, again, or do you want to stay being a psychic? What do you you know, I, I go through this sometimes because I sort of – my eyeballs – you know, I enjoy it. So, so here's how I'm going to answer that question. Okay. There are times when I go, you know, I made more in a week doing that than I might in three months doing what I do now. Uh, so there's that. And the second part was I didn't have to explain what I did. If, you know, if I said, you know, I'm, I'm the head of, you know, operations for Kaiser or I'm a, you know, whatever. Uh, process man process I was a process manager for Enron how's that for a fun one and head of disaster recovery and all those things so there's a certain kind of safety that comes with that and I like the jobs it was a big puzzle but truthfully I'd rather do what I do now although there are days you go wow you know dude you're an idiot look at all that money you used to make but but I, I you know again there's the choices and so well, is that fulfilling to help people is that what it is well, you know, I mean, I th there's a there's a style to the way you live your life, right? You know, so when I was a when I was when I worked in corporations, I I felt that I had to replicate the energy of that corporation. So in some ex to some degree, you know, when I was working for a company, I was a reflection of that company and a reflection of the mindset of that company. And so for me to be successful. I had to figure out what that was and allow myself to merge with that energy. So basically, I did a psychic reading on the company, if you want to think of it that way. I did a psychic reading on the company. I figured out super fast because I'm a, now a semi-famous psychic, so I have this skill, super fast how what people were about. I knew what was bugging them and what would make them happy, powerful bits of information. Right. I mean, I'm just helping everyone else by by yeah. allowing them to see what, you know, your process was. Right. Because, I mean, mine, I, I must have never had a choice. I mean, it, it was set there before me and I just kept going forward and forward. And, it, you know, I, you know, even when I want to go away from it, sometimes it says, no, you know, you have to you have to do this work. And so it, it's always been before me that. This is the work I'm supposed to do this life. Well, you know, I mean, I was a psychic on TV when I was in my 30s. And I did, um, so I did like, you have 
Yeah, you have gardeners. Is that what's going on? Yeah, yeah, that's lovely, isn't it? Uh, so, at first I thought it was a humpback whale in the backyard, then I realized you've got gardeners. Uh, I'll shut the window. Uh, so just carry it for a minute. What? But the thing is, so so here's how, here's how this operates, in my opinion. This is how, again, and uh, what's the practical value of increasing your intuition? So I'm going to give you my hint. So I was on television 24 hours a day, every day for a year and a half, and and. Um, you know, I did an infomercial, the Psychic Hotline infomercial with uh, Eric Estrada and Jenny Lee Harrison, and uh, a bunch of, and half the you know cast of General Hospital, and a whole bunch of people. And so I was like, you know, I had that career laid out for me, but we also had a baby, and so I had a choice. I could, and my and my wife at the time, I was doing criminal cases back then. And my wife was freaked out. You're going to get us killed, and this is. And I go okay. So, so I had to make a decision. Really, do I try to maintain harmony in the family, or do I go off and be a glamour boy and go back to Los Angeles and do more television things? And so I decided that I was going to quit. I mean, I just retired, which is kind of crazy. You know, I'm on television, and I'm getting all these clients. It's really big local psychic in Ohio and and, and Columbus and Cleveland too, and then I just stopped. And so I had to figure out what to do. So I was motivated at that point to prove. So my motivation was to prove that I could do something that anybody else could do. And I, and, and I saw this thing called the internet. This is the catalyst for how my whole career came about. And I looked at the internet when it first came out and I said, this internet thing, because back then it was taboo to do anything that wasn't, you know, like scientific research on it. I go, this internet thing is going to change the universe, and this is going to be the way that people shop, and it's going to be the way that they advertise. This is going to change the world. I need to understand this because if I don't, I'm missing a boat. So I taught myself HTML, and I got a job that way. And within a couple of years, I was making, you know, $20,000 a month. For two years, with no degree, I'd been a psychic on TV a few years before that. Uh, and what was going on was that I understood – how the shin bone and the hip bone went together, and I was really good at assessing people, and I could connect the dots. So I kept getting more and more complicated jobs, and so eventually I've gotten in very technical jobs. And and what what happened was I would look at the architecture for a software system, and certain places would light up just like your third shocker would light up to me. It was the exact same process. I go, oh. This ancillary system has an issue. I need to look there. And so I knew where to look. I solved – I didn't have to go through the basic analytics that the average person went through. I knew pretty much instantly where the problems were, so I would build mitigation plans. And it seemed like I was an incredibly productive worker because the ways in which most people would go about discerning problems, I skipped that step. So I got better and better and better at it. And so – I found that in order for me to be really super successful at it, I had to learn the energy, the personality of that particular company because I would go from you know town to town and company to company in these contracts. And it was partly being an actor. I mean, I was a professional actor. 
partly was being an intuitive, partly it was just being a nice person. But it was when I decided I'm a corporate executive, I was a corporate executive and that's who I was. I mean, I had my platinum American Express card, I had my big house, I had all that stuff. There was, there was an energy that went with that role and I embodied that role. After my daughter died, I lost the power to embody the role. I could still do the job. This is, you know, when I look back on it, this is where the wheels started to fall off a little bit for me, was that I lost that charismatic ability to merge with the job because I was in an element of pain that stopped me from 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 being super receptive in the moment. There was a hiccup in my equation. But... Right, and many people are in those hiccups. Absolutely, and it's in a, and I understand, you know, sort of how you deal with grief, and you know, I, I've said in some sense my greatest talent is coming back from the dead after I went after my daughter died. But, but to answer the question, do I think about it? Sure. Sometimes I think about it. Sometimes because I like doing it. Sometimes I think about it because I like making a lot of money. Sometimes I think about it. I uh, go, you know, you know I like being, I like to fly around to places. It's kind of fun, you know, but, but I enjoy what I do more this way. And so I don't have the fancy house and, and all that stuff, but I have a lot of freedom that I wouldn't have. And I have connections that I wouldn't have. So it's about choices. And, um, but you can, but so for people go, uh, they're going, what's the value of increasing your intuition? There's a couple of really obvious values. If you look at the story, I was able, based on my intuitive uh, skills, to figure out kind of the lay of the land in situations, uh, to get up to speed very quickly, which bought me time, and I kept getting progressively bigger and bigger jobs. I mean, I was making, at my peak, you know, $292,000 a year. So... um and would have made a lot more had I continued, right? So so there's a value to that because I believed in my ability to learn it in a hurry. I felt confident. I felt confident in myself. And here's another trick, and this is universal in every situation. If you have a confidence in yourself, most people when they're in new situations are frightened, and that, that fear is neon obvious. But when you can mask the fear because you have such a core belief that no matter what you're presented with, you'll figure it out, just having that energy and that that sort of style of, of engagement with other people buys you a lot of time because most people don't think it's possible for you to act that way unless you know what you're doing. Even if you don't know what you're doing, I believe that I would figure it out before they realized I didn't, and by that time it wouldn't make any difference because I would know what I was doing. So. So those kinds of things, again, are reflections of being truthful with yourself, getting out of your way. Yeah, and brave. That's a yeah, brave I mean, I mean, I was a high risk, high reward kind of guy. I mean, I was jumping into, I mean, I was jumping in with the sharks and the, you know, harpoons with, with a stick. I just did it. Oh, I would think that the, some of them are new, like, well, he doesn't know, but he'll learn it, you know. And so they thought, oh, well, he's the guy for the job. <laughs> I, I would get. Like I, in there to swim. <laughs> I got the disaster recovery job at, at Enron. And I was working at Enron. I'd been there for four months to help on this transition project. And so I was supposed to only be there for four months for this project. Well, they had as part of their contract, a CSC's contract, 
they had to create a disaster recovery plan for Enron in the in the in the four through six month window. Well, they could have spent a lot of money. A disaster recovery expert at that particular point of time in 1999, you know, in the dot com era, would have been an incredibly pricey character. I think oh, Andy can figure it out. That's so, right. So Andy and can, and I did. So I learned from scratch. From scratch, I had not one clue about disaster recovery. I wrote the entire disaster recovery plan for Enron, which sounds like the lipo plan for the Titanic, in seven weeks. And then I became the head of process and became head of customer satisfaction. I became a head of a whole bunch of stuff. And from there, it went to bigger and bigger jobs. And I knew that Enron, which at the time, with you know, Ken Lay and Jeff Skilling and all those dudes were on the cover of Fortune and Forbes every week. I said, this company has got a problem. And I said to the to the I, I was direct report to a VP. I said, you got serious issues. This company's out of alignment. You know, I, I didn't know what the problem was, but I knew that it wasn't going to last. Yeah. So I, well, a lot of them, you know, have problems. It's all that power. That power right. comes up and it just, you know, it brings its own fresh, fresh problems. Yeah. So so long story, only sort of long. Um I think about it sometimes, primarily from the puzzle aspect of it. Uh, then I think about, wouldn't it be lovely to have them mail me all that beautiful money and a nice, just kind of weekly allotment like that? Uh, but then I never quite get around to doing it. And I think that the reason I never quite get around to doing it is because I don't really want to do it that much, and I'm happy with what I'm doing now. So when the days I'm not as happy with what I'm doing now, I go, by God, I could have been an IT analyst and made, you know, Whatever. So, but it's all right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the would have, could have, should have thing. You got to let that go. You know, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. Your feet are planted right now where they are. That's what you're supposed to be doing right now. What you're supposed to be experiencing right now. Yeah. I mean, I try to remind people of this all the time of, you know, that you can't be always somewhere else because then you're not living your life and to be in the present moment is really a is a a good thing i mean it doesn't have to make you anxious or frustrated or fearful it just is and now to activate your mind and your communication skills and your actions into moving forward gently and what you want to do yeah well yeah i mean you're yeah. I mean, you're one to talk. I'm not the one that got in some car in the outback or wherever, whatever you did with Cheyenne when she was about 12 <laughs> and just drove off into the, you know, out into the bushes. Where were you, Australia? Where were you? Yeah, Australia, Australia. Yeah, yeah, to, to, uh, to, I had a shamanic dream that I would, that I was to go to a holy place or to meet a holy person. A, a shaman came to me and said that I had to go further out into the outback. And I was already really far out in the outback. It was like, no, no, but, but it was so real. You know, it's one of those really hugely lucid dreams where he kept pointing West. And so when the opportunity came, which was probably about eight or nine days later, the opportunity actually came. And so, yeah, I got into a car with um, an Aboriginal guy who, had just bought a $500 car and he was going out to get Didgewood or didgeridoos and he was going to go 1200 miles out into the outback. And, um, so he asked if, 
we wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. I'll never forget. Yeah, no air conditioning, and he was a chain smoker. And so uh, there's Christmas bugs. You know, it's December, so it's really super hot, like 107 degrees with no air conditioning, him chain smoking. And there's these Christmas bugs all on the top of the roof, and I didn't. Cheyenne saw one of them on the window and, like, jumped into my lap. And I couldn't bring myself to tell her there was, like, a hundred on the roof of the car. <laughs> yes. In Australia, yeah. But so they're, they're not. Down. Yeah. yeah. I think you're yeah, okay yeah. when it comes to being bold. Yes. Hey, we got to go. But blessings, everybody. And have a really wonderful 4th of July, um, the Americans. And just a great week all the rest of the world. Blessings and love. Thank you, Andrew. I'll see you later, Tara. Thank you for sharing your time with Tara Sutphin. Find out more about Tara's work, upcoming seminars, and meditations to help you fulfill your dreams by visiting her website at tarasutphin.com.